Amen. May I invite your attention to First Samuel chapter one. First Samuel chapter one, please. There was a certain man from Ramatime, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, the son of Tehu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up to his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests to the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and she would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they had finished, food, uh, finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up and Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorsteps of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you'll only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servants but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice, her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. The flowers fade and grass withers, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that it's been read for our hearing. We bless you, Heavenly Father, and praise you in the name of Jesus that your word is powerful, that your word is transformative, that your word is purposeful. Bless us, Heavenly Father, and grow us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may take your seats, Barnabas. Amen. I want to share with you Banabetu uh, from the subject Hannah's investment. Hannah's investment. 
government. Amen. Now, in our country, and I thought maybe um, it would be appropriate that we look at a woman in scripture today and see what we can learn. Amen. Now, I don't intend to preach to women. I am talking to everybody, but I'm using this woman as an example of what happens when you really invest in something. Amen. Banabitsu, uh, I want to welcome those who are listening uh, on Facebook or through radio. And I want to keep encouraging all of us to continue to give in the work of the Lord. Whilst we may all not be here in church, but I want to encourage you, whenever you have a moment, whenever you have an opportunity, just remember to give. Um, every Sunday, account Yakareke gets pronounced. Um, there's a reason why take some time, offer, take some time, pay your tithes, and God will be good to you. I know I'm saying something very obvious, but I really, really want to encourage you. Because for most of you, they go high, and it's so easy to get disconnected. Amen, Bazalon. The Bible says, where your heart is, or where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If you exercise your treasure and put it in the work of God, the Bible says your heart will be there. Amen, Barcelona. Even if you are not here in person, as long as your heart is here, God is pleased. And one of the most important indicators of where your heart is, is your purse. Your money tells me where your heart is. That is why your salary, that is why your bank accounts are confidential. Because if you can see your salary and if you can see your bank account, we have seen your heart. Hallelujah. So, so keep your accounts and keep your salaries confidential. Amen, But give us an indicator of where your heart is by giving something to the word of, for the work of the Lord. Now, there's a difference, Barcelona, between an investment and a saving. Now, an investment, of course, is a technical term that comes out of a world of finance. Uh, when you invest, you are saying, I am 20, I am 30 years old. One day I will be 60. One day I will be 50, I will be 60. I am going to need much more money than I have now. Amen, Barcelona. One day I'll be 50, I'll be 60, I'll be 70. I will not be able to work. I am going to need more money than I have now. One day I will not be able to work. One day I will be slow. One day I will, yeah, I will be slow. One day I will retire. And when I do so, I am going to need more money than I have now. What do you do? You invest the money. They ask you to put aside 10, 11% of your salary. They put it in an investment. Amen, Barcelona, which you call a pension fund. So they take this money, they, they give it to banks, and the banks give it to, 
to, to government sometimes or other uh, institutes. They build bank, they build bridges, they build shopping centers. That is your investment. Wherever you see a shopping center, you must know it's somebody else's pension money. One day when this person retires, the rentals from that shopping mall are going to finance their lifestyle. That is the point of an investment. You saying, I am strong and fit now, I'm earning this much, one day I'll be weaker, I'll be frail, I would need this much. And you take money, you put it in an investment. Now an investment is different from a saving. A saving says, I have this car now, I'm earning this much, and I'm, I'm paying the, the, the insurance for the car, and I'm paying the, the installment, but one day, this car might break down. And when it break, breaks down, I will not have enough money to fix it. So what do I do? I save. In other words, I put money aside. That's a saving. So that when it rains, that's why you save for a rainy day. You don't save for the day you retire. You invest for the day you retire. But you save for a rainy day. When you are on the side of the road with a car having broken down, you don't have to use your credit card. You save for a rainy day so that once there's a bereavement in your family, you don't have to go borrow money. You go take from your savings. Now, an investment is something that you do because you know you're going to need it over a longer time period. Amen, Barnabas. Now, we're talking about Hannah here, and I want to make the suggestion today, but I want to talk about her investments. Amen, And immediately I say, hey, investment, what should come into your mind? Oh, the timing horizon is longer. It's not a short-term thing. I'm going to talk to you about. Now, background to this story. Here is this man. Uh, he comes from um, uh, the, 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 the Ephraimites. Elkanah. Uh, uh, he has two wives. The first wife Kehana. The reason why the Bible tells us about her first, it, it, it means she's the one he married first. And the second one, Kipenina. Amen, Barnabas. Now the Bible says Penina was a younger one, Hannah was the older one. The Bible says Hannah could not bear children because the Lord has blocked her womb. God, in his infinite wisdom, blocked her womb. Penina kept having children. And the Bible says these people were devout people. Every year they will move from their city all the way up to Shiloh where Jerusalem is then. It was called Shiloh at the time because that's where the temple was to go and make sacrifices unto the Lord. These were people who were devout. These were people who were serious in the service of the Lord every year they would go on there. Amen, Barcelona. I don't know why the Bible says every year because the law of Moses says they had to go there three times a year. But let's assume they would go every time they needed to go. They go there and to do the sacrifices. Amen, Barnabas. And then the Bible tells us Rupenina then, she would always vex Hannah. She would always vex her. She would always try and irritate when she talks to her, she makes sure that she leaves her upset. She leaves her sad. She leaves her discouraged. She was just mean-hearted. 
She knew her, Hannah had a soft belly. She knew her, Hannah, whenever you talk about children, you are going to upset her because she did not have any children. And so the Bible says, Penina made it her duty to always make Hannah angry, upset, discouraged all the time. That's what the Bible tells us. Amen, Barcelona. Hannah, the Bible tells us, she went there and she prayed every time she got a chance. She prayed in the temple every time she got a chance. She prayed. And when she prayed, Penina sees that she's praying, she discourages her, she talks bad, she vexes her. Now that's a strong word. To vex her, it means you say something to her in order to make her angry, upset, in order to belittle her, in order to really demean her, in order to upset her. That's your job. You never say anything to, 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 to encourage her. You never say anything for her to... You always say something to vex her. The Bible says, Hannah was praying. Amen. Now I want to share with you three things, Bazalani, that are common in any investment. So when you invest, you are going to come against the downside. Uh, if you read the news every day, they will tell you today the stock market is all red. In other words, the stock market went down today. But because people invest for a long haul, they know that the stock market will go up more than it goes down. So over a 10-year, 15, 20-year period, it's all good. Now, Hannah knew that to say, I am going to keep praying because over the long time, it's all going to be good. But she was facing three different kinds of obstacles. The first obstacle which Hannah was facing, Barcelona, was family difficulties family difficulties. The Bible says she was barren because God has stopped her womb. Because God has blocked her womb. And in the family, she had a struggle because she is a senior uh, uh, wife, no children. Amen, Basalon. She had that difficulty in the family. Now we all have difficulties in the family. No family is perfect. In fact, family is one of the most difficult relationships. That is why people sometimes prefer friends more than family. Uh, whenever you see children having left home to sleep on the streets, it is because family can sometimes be difficult. Whenever you see children preferring to go drink, preferring to go smoke, it's because in the family it's difficult they find joy outside. Family is generally difficult. In every family, there is this one person who is always off. In every family, there is this one person who is jealous. In every in family, there is this one person who discourages everybody. In every family, there is just this one person who has a way of upsetting everyone. In this one, Penina had a way of upsetting her. So she, she faced 
difficulty in her family. Can you imagine that, Barzabah? Family is supposed to be safe. Family is supposed to be warm. Sometimes it is this thing that is the worst. Now, Hannah experiences very difficult family life. Now, in the family, they don't understand for God has blocked her womb for a higher purpose. These are people they don't understand. They just see her. You are a woman. You're supposed to have kids. You don't have kids. You are useless. And remember, Basalani, it's easy for us to understand it now, but in those days, they lived in a culture where sons were wealth. So every woman wanted sons because here is a problem. The day she is widowed and she has no sons, she's going to be a pauper. Now, it was every woman's desire and prayer to have children, especially sons. Because without that, you are guaranteed you are going to be poor. Without that, you are guaranteed you will not even make sasa money. Because somebody will even take that away from you. Now, that is the culture they were living in. So whenever she was praying, she was not necessarily praying for the pride of having children. She was also praying for posterity. She was praying that one day, I need my sons to protect me because should Elkanah leave, I am going to be dead poor. Now, she had a difficulty in her family. The second thing, Bazalani, she was battling with besides a difficult family life, she was battling with a disconnected husband. She was battling a disconnected husband. The Bible teaches us here that obviously the husband loved her. There's two reasons why we know that. The first reason is that the Bible tells us so. The second reason the Bible tells us that every year whenever they go to sacrifice, Elkanah would give Penina and her kids meat and she would give Hannah a double portion of what she gives these ones. Now imagine Penina has a family, it's her and the kids. Four or five of them. On this side, it is Hannah. Whenever she gives them 10 kilograms of meat, she gives Hannah, without any kids, 20 kilograms of meat. He loved her. There's no question about it. She's the first woman she laid her, his eyes on. She's the first woman she married, loved her. There's no question about it. But she, he says to her, why do you keep crying? Why can't you eat? Am I not worth more than 10 sons? Why are you crying? Now, now, now the husband is disconnected to, her, to his wife's pain. He does not understand what this woman is going through. He says, but why are you crying? I mean, I, I give you everything. I actually give you twice. Am I not worth more than 10 sons? Obviously, he means well. Obviously, he's coming from a good heart. But he is disconnected. He doesn't understand. 
Much as Amurata, much as Aliga, he has no connection to her deepest desires, her deepest wants. Why are you crying? Am I not worth more than 10 sons? One difficult family, difficult relations, is something that is common to all of us. Second one, a disconnected husband. Gives her money, but does not understand fully what she needs. The third thing, that she is battling, is a discouraging church life. A discouraging church life. Now she goes to church to pray. The Bible says, when she prays, because she is praying from a deep desire, because she is in such deep anguish, when she prays, she prays so deeply that her voice does not come through. And, and when she prays this deeply, Banabesu, the Bible says the priest Eli, he sees only her mouth moving. No voice coming out. And Eli thinks she is drunk. And Eli says to her, hey, you went out. Stay away from wine. Don't come to church drunk. Hallelujah. It's the way she is praying. She is not just praying for a job. She is not just praying for a house. She is not just praying because she's sick. She is praying from a broken heart. She is deeply hurt. She is deeply broken. She is in anguish. And the church does not understand. The church thinks she is drunk. The, the church thinks she is onto something. The church thinks she is exaggerating. The church think, thinks she is not, she, she's not able to keep her wits about it. The church says, get a grip. You are too loud. You are too noisy. They don't understand that she's coming from a deep anguish. Now we do that sometimes, Mukereke. When people are deeply broken, when people have been deeply wounded, we don't understand. Now, 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 and then we discourage them. Amen, Barnabas. And I want to talk to all of us who come from a deep head. I want to talk to all of us who have been deeply broken. I want to talk to all of us who have been deeply disappointed. That shout unto the Lord. Don't worry about somebody next to you. They have no idea where you come from. They have no idea how deeply you have been broken. They have no idea how deeply you are hurting. They say to her, hey, stay away from wine. And she says, no. My Lord, she says, your servant has no business 
with wine. I have not taken wine. She says, I am pouring my soul out to the Lord. What you see here is I am pouring my soul to the Lord. I am turning myself upside down so that the Lord can see all of me. I'm giving everything to the Lord. I'm saying to the Lord, examine my heart and see everything inside of me. I am broken, I'm disturbed, I am hurt. I am going through a difficult time. I'm giving it all to the Lord. I don't have words anymore. I don't know if you've been there at all. Where you have a deep sense in you. There's a deep prayer in you. You don't even have words for it. The, the mouth was moving. There was no voice. You are going through this thing you can't even name. I want to encourage you to go on and cry unto the Lord. I want to encourage you to give your soul to the Lord. Don't worry about people in church. God has you covered. Praise the Lord. So Eli asked her, are you drunk? Hannah had a difficult family life disconnected husband in a discouraging family life and yet she invested in prayer she invested in prayer she understood this sort it is only prayer that's going to sort this thing out and as she was being discouraged as she was being hit by the difficulty as she was going navigating a, a disconnected husband she kept on pray. She invested in the promise of God. Because she had a good sense that God is up to something. I have no understanding, but God is up to something. I don't know it yet, but God is up to something. Barnabas, I want to share with you today that it, it doesn't matter. God is up to something because his plans are higher than us. God may have blocked the womb. God may have stopped certain things that we expect. God may have been silent on some of our prayers, but God is up to something. He is up to something in your life. I don't know what it is. You also don't know what it is, but he is up to something. Keep investing. One night, your stock market will be going down. Keep invested in the stock exchange. I tell you why, Basama. When Eli was criticizing Hannah, when Eli was saying to Hannah, You look like you are drunk, Eli himself had a problem with two sons, the Bible says. So Eli's family life was not good either. So, so sometimes people will discourage you about a weakness in your life. Their life is even more in a mess. 
keep invested in the law. Bana ba eli ba shule butoko for having violated the word of God or how God wants priesthood to run. Now Eli comes and says, "Hey, stay away from wine way. You don't know what you're doing." When at his house there were problems. Keep investing. God is up to something. Whenever Basalani you are going through difficulties, you must always ask yourself, how did I come here? Because you see, God, God is responsible for, let me know, God is a main actor in life. God is responsible for history, Basalani. God is never caught Nepping. God is always orchestrating things. Whenever he allows something to happen in your life or disallows something to happen in your life, he is in charge. Now God was in charge of this situation. And let me tell you, Basalan, allow me the next five to ten minutes as I close to tell you what was happening here which Hannah, Eli, Elkanah, Penina, and everybody else did not understand. Here's what was happening here. I'll take you back to the book of Genesis. Because as soon as I saw that Elkanah was an Ephraimite, I got curious. That's how I read the Bible. As soon as I saw, oh, this guy was an Ephraimite, I got curious. Because Ephraim and Manasseh are Joseph's sons. They are not Jacob's sons. They are Joseph's sons. Why is that important? Because Joseph decided to take his two sons to his father Jacob to bless them. Joseph had a sense, sorry, my dad has a special calling. Joseph had a sense that I am great here in Egypt, but there's something about my father which speaks destiny. And the Bible says Joseph took Manasseh and Ephraim, his two boys, to his father to bless. The Bible says his father was very old. And he says to him, here are my two boys. I brought them here to bless. Because Jacobo blessed all of the 12 boys, including Joseph. But Joseph decided, no, I'm taking my boys to my father to bless. This is what happens when they get blessed. It's Manasseh and Ephraim. The two boys. Here's what happens. Joseph takes Manasseh the older son to his left. And he takes Ephraim, the younger son, to his right. And he takes them to their father. He's very intentional in the order he takes them. He doesn't take them to his father to bless. 
The Bible says he takes the younger Ephraim on his left. So on his right. He takes Manasseh, the older one, on his left. Why? So that when they get to his father, because his father can see they are in the right order. When they get to his father, Manasseh, the older one, is on the right hand side of his father. So that Ephraim, the younger one, is on the left hand side of his father. So that when his father blesses them, the bigger blessing goes to the firstborn. But when they get there, remember what the Bible says. His father, who couldn't even see them, have a sense of who is who. The Bible says his father crosses his hands so that his right goes to the one on his left who is the younger one. And his left hand goes to the older one on his right. And Joseph says, no, 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 daddy, you got the order wrong. I want you to switch your hands so that the right hand is on Manasseh, the left is on Ephraim because that's how it's supposed to be. And Jacob says, I know what I'm doing. Don't worry, it's not a mistake. Cross it his arms. He gives a bigger blessing to the younger one and a smaller blessing to the older one. Maybe not a smaller blessing. The Bible says, don't worry, he's going to be great. But he deliberately says, if my right hand side has got a blessing of destiny, I'm putting it on the small one. I've got my reasons. You shouldn't be worried about it. We fast forward to this moment. Boom. Here is this Ephraimite. Married to this woman. Loves this woman. The Bible says the Lord blocked her womb. She can't get children. But Jacob, somewhere there, put his hand on Ephraim. And he says, thou art going to be great. What's going on here? You see, we must learn to invest in the promises of God. Doesn't matter how long it takes. Does not matter how we are discouraged. Does not matter how we face people who are disconnected. It doesn't matter whether we are being supported. We must invest in the promises of God. Hannah invested in the promises of God. She knows somewhere in her heart that she's married into destiny. She does not know how. She just knows. And she knows that there's something wrong with my womb being blocked. But there is something bigger here. And I'm going to spend time and invest time in this family because I suspect something great is going to come. I don't know what it is. Now, we have a problem, Renam alone because we want assurance, we want to be sure of everything before we can move. She had no idea what it is, and it's something big. It comes all the way back from how Ephraim was blessed. And here's what happens. The Bible says, Elkanah knew Hannah and Hannah fell pregnant 
انرژی با نیستن
Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. Hannah gave us Samuel. Samuel anointed David. And out of David, a blind man, when he heard people say, Son of David, and he says, This is more than just the Son of David. Jesus, man of destiny, have mercy on us. It came from this prayer. When things don't happen in your life, and you feel that there is a this thing is not coming through, but I'm old. Something big. Don't stop pushing. Don't stop praying. Invest in this type of prayer. And you will change the world. This is not a message for Bombe, but it's a message that says Bombe here is your role model. Keep teaching us just like Hannah taught you something. Hallelujah. God had a higher purpose by blocking the wood. People did not see. They thought she was drunk. God has a higher purpose in your life. And through your challenges and through your difficulties people may not see invest in the promise of God when it comes through we are all going to be surprised and we are all going to be grateful that you never stopped praying that you never stop praying that you never stop Dear God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your week. We thank you for this wonderful life of Hannah. The woman who went through all the difficulties in order to bring someone into the world. In order to join your Heavenly Father and to partner with you in this wonderful destiny-shaping experience that we learn of in the Bible. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We pray that you help us to remember the story. That you help us the story should encourage us. Those among us, Heavenly Father, who are getting tired and who are giving up, that we keep investing in the promises of God. God has a higher plan and purpose. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you will always come through. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you keep and bless us in the coming weeks. We pray, Heavenly Father, that this word takes root and gets established in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God a hand. Let's give God a hand on us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.